Hey, welcome to Trains Live, the trains.com podcast. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. Just about every day you drive down the street and you are not necessarily, well, we hope you're paying attention to everything out there, but there's some things that you might not notice as much as you should. And one of those is the point of contention right behind me. That's something called a grade crossing, where a road meets the train tracks. They are a big point of contention. They are a serious safety consideration. And there's a number of things that you need to be doing to keep yourself safe at grade crossings and around trains. It's National Rail Safety Week, folks, and we are going to explore how you can stay safe around trains here on Trains Live on location. Trains Live on location. I'm Bob Lettenberger, Associate Editor for Trains Magazine. And folks, it is National Rail Safety Week. And as much as we don't pay attention to trains like we used to when the, we would, you know, passenger trains were part of our lives every day. Um, well, let me put it another way. You know, trains today, we come up to a grade crossing. We generally go through because there's not a train. But, um, you know, when there is, we've, we've got to really pay attention to what that train is doing in relation to us. We're in Appleton, Wisconsin, about two hours north of Kalmbach headquarters, uh, Trains Magazine uh, offices in Waukesha. And we are right along the line for the Canadian National. This is the line that uh, comes up from... The north side of Milwaukee ends up in Green Bay, goes on up to Escanaba. And we go a few blocks over that way. Some of you might recognize Lawrence University, familiar with Appleton. Hey, Mile of Music and all the other great festivals usually happen right down the street. But today, we want to pay attention to the train tracks behind us. With me is Gary Kerner. He is state coordinator for Operation Lifesaver here in Wisconsin. And I'm going to tell you, Gary and I have known each other for a while. I'm also a trained Operation Lifesaver volunteer. And, and I know folks know about this, but this is something that, that I don't think we can talk about enough. So first off, Operation Lifesaver. What is it? What do we do? Operation Lifesaver is a nonprofit organization. And what it does is it educates us about the safe way of going across grade crossings, which is what's behind us. Or, um, I say, why not uh, trespass on um, railroad property? Why is hazardous? Um, they have been doing this for actually almost um, 50 years now. Uh, we're celebrating our 50th year anniversary this year. Okay. In fact, that's right. 50th anniversary for Operation Lifesaver. Uh, check Trains Newswire. Um, CSX Transportation just yesterday released a new uh, Operation Lifesaver 50th anniversary locomotive. 
Yeah, we have an emergency in the background, folks, but fortunately nothing with the railroads. Um, CSX just released a uh, 50th anniversary locomotive, a lot of celebrations around the country for Operation Lifesaver uh, and that 50th anniversary. But Gary, I think the thing is, the statistics are still alarming and there's a lot of work yet to be done. How, I mean, I know statistics have improved as far as incidents with trains, but what does it look like right now here in the U.S.? Well, the stat that gets everybody is that every three hours there's either a vehicle or person hit here in the United States. And then um, over four, excuse me, over 3,000 crashes happened in the state of, or in the United States last year. And over 600 people were killed while trespassing on railroad property last year. And I'm going to guess when you say trespassing, probably something that they were all preventable in some way. Oh, definitely. I mean, taking a shortcut to get somewhere, just walking down next to the tracks, thinking that's a great path to follow and stuff. And a lot of times what happens is they've got distractions. They're on their cell phone, they got their earbuds in, and they just don't hear that train coming. Or maybe they're a photographer trying to get a really good picture of a train. You know, if you take the picture and you get hurt, what does the picture do? You can't show it to anybody. <laughs> very, very true. And the thing is, is what's really nice is Operation Lifesaver has many, many different types of programs. And we have program actually for the media and for photographers on how to take good pictures, okay? And how to be a safe distance and where to do this. Programming. And that, that's something I want to want to dive into for just a second. Um, I, as the public, want to come in contact with you as Operation Lifesaver, or um, I'm in an organization that maybe wants to have uh, some kind of a presentation. What, what does Operation Lifesaver have available? How do we reach out to you guys? Okay, Operation Lifesaver has a website. The National has a website. It's um, oli.org. Um, you go on there and you can request a presentation and we can come out there. Well, what kind of presentation do we give? Well, we have such a variety of um, pro I say programs available, okay? We can talk to a kindergartner or we can talk to that professional truck driver. Um, we have programs just specially set aside for first responders, for law enforcement agencies, all to give them information to keep them safe around railroad tracks. All right. Now, let's let's get down to today's safety lesson. Um, as I mentioned, we're in Appleton, Wisconsin. We're actually at the corner of Oneida and North, and we are standing by Oneida Street. We've got uh, grade crossing with the Canadian National behind us. Let's take a look at the road, and as you're coming up to this crossing, what as a driver, what should I be looking for? What am I gonna see? What should I be thinking about? Well, there's many things to look at, okay? The first thing is, is before you come to any grade crossing, you're gonna see that yellow sign, the one that we all seen with the two R's on it, the crosses, that's called an advanced warning sign. And that's in advance of the railroad tracks. So when you see that sign, start slowing down. Prepare to stop in case there is a train coming. You might also see what's called pavement markings where it's got an X and then two R's as well. All that is before you come to the crossing. And what you want to need, do is turn that radio down, put the cell phone away, tell the kids to be quiet. I mean, how many of us have all driven in a school bus? And what does that school bus driver do? Okay? Yeah. Okay, yeah. they come in, they um, tell us to be quiet, they open the doors to check and see if a train's coming. 
we don't have to go that far, but you know, put the distractions away so that when you come to that crossing, you know if a train's coming or not. All right, now I don't know if Vince from our vantage point can get a shot of this, but um, that advanced warning sign that Gary was talking about um, is actually, there is, there is one, yeah, we can look right through the, over to this side, you see one on for the crossing going on, on North Avenue there, that yellow uh, with the with the cross buck sign on it with the two R's on it. Um, also notice below this one, there's a sign that says no train horn. Uh, this is a correct. I mean, it means we have to really pay attention because that train isn't going to be blowing its horn. It's just going to be coming through. So a lot of times you see that you definitely got to turn that radio off so you can make sure there's not a train coming. Now, some of the um, crossings here in this Appleton, quite a few of them have lights and gates. But once you get down to the rural area, all you're going to have is a cross box sign, maybe a stop sign, maybe a yield sign. You won't have those lights and stuff. So when you come to those crossings, you really got to pay attention. You really got to listen and make sure there isn't a train coming. Okay, so we've come by the advance warning. We've looked at the pavement markings and now we are, we're coming up to the crossing. And Gary, the first thing I see out here is right in front of the mast with the lights and the gate, we've got a big white stripe on the ground. And I am gonna guess that that is probably the same kind of identification as when we come up to a stoplight. Well, of course it's called the stop line <laughs> and we stay behind it when a train is coming. Okay, that's a safe distance that's actually behind a gate and everything. So if you would come up to that and the stop, you see the lights flashing and you stop there, you're not going to get hit by the gate coming down. So make sure you stay behind that stop line if you see a train coming. And, and you know what? Unlike at the stoplight where everybody tries to edge and edge and edge, which they shouldn't be doing anyway, to be that first one to leave the, uh, the stoplight, here gates come down, we don't go, and as long as you're behind that line, that's what counts. It doesn't matter. The closer you get, the more danger you're putting yourself in. Oh, definitely. And one little side note to add to that. Okay, the lights are flashing, and we see this gate starting to um, go down, and we decide we're going to beat that gate, we're going to beat those lights, you know, we're going to get through that crossing. Do you realize that if a law enforcement agency catches you, that's a six points and over a $500 fine on for you? Maybe different in other states, but correct me if I'm wrong, when those lights go on, it's the same thing as a stop sign or a red traffic light. That is correct. And it also goes for the fact that when the train has gone through, you have to wait till those lights are done flashing before you can go through the crossing. All right. And you know what? I mean, I'm, and I, I'm, I know you know this, but I'm sorry if I throw you a curveball, but um, a lot of folks will ask, what about emergency vehicles? What, what is their position, what does their response need to be at a grade crossing, especially when the lights are, are flashing and the gates are coming down? They need to stop. I, the, it's, it's hard for some people to understand, but the railroad or the train has the right-of-way. Reason being is that a train going um, 55 miles an hour will take over a mile for that train to stop. So there's no way it can stop for that emergency vehicle or anything. So when if emergency vehicle would go through it, you're actually putting yourself at risk. And that's one of those programs that we would like getting out there because to explain to them that, hey, a train can't stop. It can't, well, let me phrase that, a train can't stop fast. It can stop, but it might take it over a mile to stop. All right, we're, we gotta come back to that in a few minutes, but 
We've made it up to our crossing. We've, we've figured out where to stop. We know that when those lights are flashing and the gates are down, we've got to stop, we've got to wait. That's when we're in a vehicle. Now, I'm, I'm on foot, I'm, I'm walking, um, I'm looking at a train, and let's take, and, and let's, first off, we need, to, we need to bring up the idea of the fact that railroad property is private property, okay? Um, if you're not invited, we are trespassing. Correct. Okay. And, and as we said before, it's very hazardous to trespass because again, a train can't stop. Okay, a train car collision, you're 30 times more um, possibility of getting killed, okay? That's if you're in a car. Can you imagine what that statistic goes to? if it's a train versus a pedestrian. All right, trespassing folks. I mean, it's just like, you know, Gary and I coming over to your house tonight and having a pizza party in your living room uninvited. Railroad property is the exact same way. It's it's private. So we're out watching the train. We want to, you know, enjoy the train. Hey, some of us like trains, okay? Like to take pictures of them. Um, safe distance away. What is What is a good distance to be away from the tracks? All right. Best thing is to stay off of railroad property, okay? So railroad property, is, you look at the um, tracks, the nearest rail, you measure 25 feet back from that, and that's, you're off of railroad property at that point, okay? That's a great distance to be, okay? You still can get that great shot, but you're still away from the train. Now you're thinking, well, that's a quite a bit of distance, but you think of how stuff is carried on a train, okay? On flat cars, how they've got stuff strapped, okay? that strap will break at times. Now it's fly, flapping around in the breeze. What's gonna happen, you know? It could hit you if you're standing really close to the tracks. All right, experiment time, folks. I've got my trusty 25-foot tape measure. Let's string this thing out and show folks exactly what 25 feet is. I'm gonna trust you with the microphone. All right, so you saw what we had there. That is 25 feet. Uh, when you look at it here, one, two, three, four, five, about six squares away from the tracks. Pretty safe distance. Like you said, if something is bouncing off of those cars, straps off of a lumber car or something, pretty good chance back here we're not going to get injured in any way. That's correct. I mean, this is, this is a safe distance to be standing, especially even if you want to take a shot of a train coming down a pitcher, I mean, of a shot of you know, the train coming or whatever. You're at a good distance here. Vince, our, our videographer here, Vince, from where you are, you probably, and you're a little over 25, you could probably get a couple of good shots of the crossing here. Vince is going, yeah, this sounds like a plan. Okay, all right. You brought up the idea that if you're in a vehicle, it's one thing when you're, you have a collision, okay? If you're out there as a, a just person with no protection of a car, totally different story and, and significantly more tragic. Um, there's an experiment that we can do that kind of illustrates what it's like to for a vehicle to, to crash. And let's, Diane's got a, we got a, a soda can here, okay? Um, imagine this is a vehicle, all right? Now, now the typical can weighs about 20 ounces, okay? Typical vehicle is about 2,000 pounds. Okay. okay. All right, so we'll have Gary do this. You are playing the role of the locomotive coming down the tracks with your train. This driver 
has disobeyed the crossing signals, maybe run around the gates, uh, maybe if there are no gates, has just uh, chosen, to, uh, chosen to ignore the signals, and we have a collision. What happens? Ooh, okay. First off, <laughs> before that collision took place, was there any way that you could predict what was gonna happen? Um. Well, okay, I mean, it's common sense, okay, large item or large body hitting a small body, okay, it's going to crash, it's going to demolish it. But the thing is, is as flat as this is, that's the same thing that's going to happen to your car if it gets hit by a train, okay? Freight train moving 55 miles an hour, it doesn't even have to be 55 miles an hour. It can be 30, 25, whatever. There's so much weight behind that train, it can't stop. And this is what happens. The other thing, though, you also couldn't predict, were you going to get hooked onto the train and be dragged down the tracks? Was your vehicle going to fly up over the train? Uh, was the train going to derail and potentially tip onto the car? No way of knowing. No way. <laughs> no way of knowing. And the thing is, is if your car was halfway in the, inter uh, in the grade, and the train did hit it, I guarantee you're gonna be taken down the tracks, you're gonna be thrown down the tracks, yes. And if we were to do the math, and I know you and I aren't the brightest on the math, I'll, well, I'm not, maybe you are. If we multiplied up the force that you exerted, we would have roughly the same force as a train hitting a vehicle. Definitely, that's the same force, and that's the same thing, you know. It's, it's math, it's physics, it's whatever you wanna look at. It's, you know, if you get hit by a train and you're in a car, the car is at um, 20 to 1, 21, same situation here. It, this is what's going to happen. All right. Now, there's another part of this that, that we need to talk about. And, you know, not only were there going to be injuries in the vehicle here, there's a lot of other people that get affected when something like this happens. Well, the thing is, is as we said, a train can't stop fast. So as an engineer or conductor, they're in the cab, they see somebody, somebody or a car or vehicle on the tracks, they use their horn to warn them to get off the tracks, hey, we're coming, and we ignore that horn. All they can do now is put their train in what's called emergency stop, and it's where they take and dump all the air off the unbraked lines, so you're applying all the brakes, but because of the weight of the train, it's gonna continue to go. All the engineer or conductor can do is sit in there for the ride, and they have such a hard time because they can't do nothing. They can't prevent it from happening. And they hit that car, and so many engineers and conductors have quit their jobs because they can't handle that stress, that um, agony of what they've just happened. They are, they are the crew in a the cab, they're basically sitting there, and they've got a front row seat to the action as, it's the one place you don't want to have a front row seat. And, and I mean, you're right, there's, there's nothing, the train is on the tracks, it can't swerve. There, there is no other avoidance that that crew can, what, that they can take. And that's it, and the thing is, is okay, it just doesn't stop there, okay? It affects the crew, okay? And then they take that home, it affects their family. The person that was in the car, or people that were in the car, they've, if they get injured, or if they die, it affects their families. So it just continuously spreads out on how it affects somebody. 
And the thing is, as we go back to that, as we've been talking, it was a choice. We don't have to make that choice. We can stay off those tracks. You know, I, I also think you, the, the ripple effect, the first responders, uh, the people at the hospitals, um, other railroad personnel that have to come to the scene and investigate what has happened. Um, you know, it's it, we can very easily stand here and say, well, it's their jobs. But at the same time, it's a job that they shouldn't have to do. And if we can prevent it, man, so much, so much the better. So much the better. Definitely, definitely. And the thing is, is now somebody's going to say, yeah, but that car got stalled on the tracks. Well, they couldn't do nothing. Yeah, they can still. On every crossing, there's a blue, what's called an ENS sign, emergency notification sign. And on that sign, there's a phone number. It's usually a 1-800 number or a toll-free number. You call that number, you give them the DOT crossing number. There's each um, crossing has its own number. It's just like their address. There's no duplicates, they're nothing different. So when you call that, they know exactly where you are. They know where that um, car is stalled on what tracks and they can get and try to stop the trains from coming. Now they'll let you know if, hey, there's a train in the area, we're not gonna be able to get to it in time, they'll let you know that. But more than, ch more than the chances they can stop that train and they can make that crossing safe that way. And I know Vince had zoomed in on the ENS sign here on the crossing while you were describing that. Um, and that kind of gives you an idea, folks, what to look for. It's a small blue sign. It is going to be somewhere on the crossing uh, warning equipment. Um, they're displayed prominently. You should be able to very instantly see them in that bright blue color. Gary, one other thing about the ENS system. Um, preferred to call the 1-800 number there as opposed to calling 911? Oh yes, because if you call that number, they, it's a direct number to that railroad company that owns those tracks that they can get to the um, engineer for a train that's in that area. If you call the police department, they then, you're calling the dispatch, the dispatch has to then look up the number, then call the railroad company, then they have to get a hold of their dispatch and call it, um, tell them to get a hold of the train. So it's a longer, high say, roundabout way of doing it. I mean, you can get there, but it's much quicker just to call that 1-800 number. So you call that. The other thing, too, that I'm going to imagine is that um, you're calling, when you call the railroad direct, they also are aware of not only the trains in the area, but what those trains are carrying, um, what speed they should be traveling at, um, kind of the whole situation involving the train. And so there is more information instantaneously available, as you were saying, as opposed to going back through the loop. Definitely, definitely. And the thing is, all those, most of those numbers are connected to the railroad's police departments, okay? So they have direct comment connection with the engine they've got I mean they've got more um, resources at their um, hands to take care of the situation right away um, it's either going to be the police force or it's going to be the dispatch center for that railroad company that's where you're calling so it's an immediate um, situation all right um, change gears for a minute it's National Rail Safety Week what's going on <laughs> What's what 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 does Operation Lifesaver have this week that I should be participating in to keep myself safe? Well, the thing is, is first of all, it's not just United States. It's actually North America, Canada, United States, and Mexico are all doing Rail Safety Week the same time. 
September 19th through the 25th. And the thing is, is each day is a different, I say we're focusing on a different area. Um, Tuesday is what's called clear tracks and a lot of the um, I say states in the United States will have um, officers aboard the train. They'll go down certain crossings and just verify that, hey, this is what's going on. It gives an officer that's somebody that wouldn't be normally riding the train in that train to see what happens at crossings and how people cheat them, how they try to get through that, how if it's a stop sign, they're going to roll through that um, crossing because they're not going to want to stop. They want to just get through the crossing, which is illegal. I mean, a stop sign means stop. Um, then some of the other things is we're going to make sure that um, we get out and talk to people that would just maybe be walking around by tracks and stuff and try to um, deter um, trespassing on railroad tracks. Um, we're going to talk to people on Sunday, um, the 25th, about photography on railroad tracks and what's safe and not safe to do with that. All right, full week of activities. And, and I think you're, I mean, you're incredibly right. It's, it's a week we should be aware, but we don't just pack this away at the end of the week. This is something that we've got to do 365 days a year. Oh, definitely. I mean, safety doesn't end after one week, okay? Safety, we have to do it day in and day out, okay? So when we jump in that car, there are certain things that we always do. We put our seatbelt on. Um, when we come to stop and go lights, we make sure if it's green, we can go, stop, we stop. Stop signs we stop for. When you come to a railroad crossing, you gotta do the same thing again. Make sure there isn't a train coming. You make sure that the lights aren't flashing and you can go through that crossing safely. It's not just this week, it's 365 days. Okay, the railroad photographer. And I know you and I have both been out watching trains. I, I have just been in Iowa. I've been out in Colorado and Wyoming looking at trains. And, uh, and some of the things that I have seen photographers do in the name of getting a good picture, just, they scare me. I mean, it's just, I, I'm, I'm on the train. I'm seeing these things and I'm going, oh my God, seriously, you're doing this? No, no. What, what are top three things? that a railroad photographer or a rail fan needs to be aware of and should or should not be doing. Now that I added that, you can go to the top five things, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the first thing is, the most important thing is, is know where you are, okay? Know your surroundings, okay? Be that 25 feet away from the tracks, okay? Know, you know, I understand that you want to get that perfect shot and somebody's going to come maybe in front of you, but remember, you're the one that's going to be safe. You're the one that's got to be safe. So. If you're taking that shot or looking for that perfect shot, make sure you're 25 feet away. The other thing is, is, what? That was thing one. Okay. <laughs> thing two, okay, is if you're doing it on a phone, okay, or you're looking behind that camera, okay, all you're focused is on that one thing. Make sure you're not on two rails, okay, that you're standing maybe 25 feet from the one track, but you might be standing almost on the next track. Make sure there's only, you know, you're off that railroad property, you're out of the way. You know, that's two. Um, three, I would say the big thing is have a spotter with you, okay? Go in pairs, okay? Because a lot of times you're busy behind that camera and can't see what's, you know, going on around you. If you have a spotter with you, he can kind of more or less, you know, hey, he's, he's filming right now or he's taking that picture right now, you know, keep, 
don't bother him or stay away from him. Or he can also keep that line of sight open for you as well. Number four? You're making me think here. <laughs> I guess number four is just be courteous of others, okay? You want to make sure that, you know, you're not doing jeopardizing somebody else by getting in their way so that they move and then they go into a shot as well. So be wiser, I say, cognizant of other people around you. You know what, I'll do number five for you. You know what, everything Gary just said, times two. You know, you gotta be aware of your situation. You gotta be, that is, that to me is just brilliant. You've gotta be aware of your situation. Um, I think so many folks don't realize where they are. And as we talked a few minutes ago, the impact of your actions. Um, and you think about some of the excursion trains. It's a fun time. It's a, you know, it's a historic piece of equipment that might be running. And if an accident happens, if a collision occurs, fun goes right out the window. It does. I mean, you think of a lot of different scenarios. Um, you're taking a trip. You're on vacation. You jump down Amtrak. You're going to take Amtrak for a vacation. Amtrak's going down the line, and all of a sudden, somebody didn't stop at the crossing. Somebody, you know, got stuck in the crossing. Amtrak hits them. And now you're delayed for five, six hours that you've lost from your vacation. You're not going to be able to get back. That didn't have to happen. That ripple effect. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you again here, okay? <laughs> no. I have to take tests today, but okay, go ahead. For me, right here, right now, around this crossing, what's, what's probably the one or two biggest things that, that I need to be doing here to keep myself safe or anybody that's walking or, or driving? Well, first of all, as you can see, there is nowhere to walk down the tracks here, okay? There's no place to be you don't want to walk the tracks, that's trespassing, okay? The other thing is, is there is a sidewalk here. Make sure, you know, when you're walking the sidewalk, you make sure you're listening. Take the ear pods off, take the headphones off, put the cell phone in your pocket, okay? You want to be able to put those distractions away and be actually, to be able to see your uh, train coming. Number two is, as a driver, you want to make sure that you are safe and that you can go across those crossings. The other thing that's not evident here, but could happen, is if a train comes and you're on the other side of those gates, don't stop, just continue through, okay? If you get to a situation where you're between the gate and the rails, go, okay? Get out of the way, don't stay there, okay? Just go. If you're, in, how do you say, the gate drops in front of you, wait for the train, okay? Stay there. All right, all right. National? No, Northern National. North American. North American Rail Safety Week this week, folks. Listen, you can't just do it this week. You got to do it every week. And I know it sounds like uh, it's kind of the same thing being repeated over and over and over. But listen, until that number of rail incidents, one every three hours, gets down to zero, we still need to talk about this. We, we really do. So, hey, Mr. Bob's uh, bookshelf for this week, no books, but here's what you got to do. And, you know, this one you can do in the comfort of your home. You don't need to go to the library for this. I want you to go to the Operation Lifesaver website, which is? Uh, OLI.org. 
OLI.org. Go there and explore. Look at the things that they have. Look at the safety tips that they have. Like Gary was, was explaining, they have situational information for everything from first-time drivers to bus drivers to professional truck drivers to you know, drivers like you and I, to pedestrians, everything dealing with, with rail safety. But there's something else I want you to do there. Yeah, there's a book involved in this. You knew there was. There is two characters that go along with Operation Lifesaver, Sly Fox and Birdie. Right. Yep, got them, okay. Sly Fox and Birdie, especially for kids, have got a great safety book and some great coloring pages, and I know they're available on the Operation Lifesaver website, oli.org, oli.org. Dial up those color, listen, Gary and I do the coloring pages, okay? You can too. That's your library assignment for this week. Bob, Bob, don't stop there. They can also get the activity book. So it's not just a, you know, coloring, you can actually do some activities. And there's a great page in there where you can see if you can find the seven things that people are doing wrong around railroad tracks. All right. We could actually have a live demo here this afternoon, but we don't want to, we don't want to do anything unsafe. No. All right. Gary, as always, pleasure having you along. Good luck uh, the rest of this week with Nash or with uh, Rail Safety Week. I'll get the title right before the end of the week, okay? Um, folks, stay safe around the trains. Um, hey, remember, KambachHobbyStore.com. You have hobby needs. You're looking for current books. Um, peruse that, KambachHobbyStore.com. Hope to see you on trains.com real soon. And I didn't bring my copy of Trains Magazine with me. It's a little breezy out here, but we want to see you behind a copy of Trains Magazine real soon. Stay safe around the trains. See you again soon on Trains Live. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive routing news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.